Welcome back, Briars. This is your very heated and tired host, Briar Rose, and here with another story for my wonderful guest. Um, what was I about to say? I forgot. It's hot out here. Anyway, um, I'll be reading The Rain Cries for Me today. Um, this is the story that was supposed to describe rain in downtown. That's the aesthetic I was going for. So, yeah, um, that. Let's get into it. Um, well, in a second. Just give me one second while I actually find the story. I promise you I plan these things out. Anyway, how are y'all doing? Well, y'all can't answer, so never mind. I'm gonna just assume y'all doing good. Okay. Now, with bunches of wind and and car sounds, um, let's do this. The rain cries for me. I stand alone at the rain-drizzled street curb, searching for a reason to cling here instead of my docile homestead. Never had I thought a dull day can cut so deep, I thought to myself, as I trudged along the cracks in the drenched sidewalk. The languid vapor croaked from my throat as the chill air dragged my frostbitten back. (laughs) oh god i wish i could cut that anyway um as the chill air dragged my frostbitten skin into numb territory i felt as if i was just another nimbus cloud that had decided to hang low on such a sullen day a virulent headache brewed in the back of my head yet i couldn't let it reach me just a couple more blocks i told myself as if the wicked weather would subdue itself for the rest of my journey just as I dragged myself to the third street corner of my prosaic voyage filled with iridescent neon lights that didn't fit the scene, I came to a grinding halt. What made me do this would not hit me until another half second later, but literally and metaphorically. Both middle... (laughs) Okay, y'all, this is not supposed to be a perfect read. I feel I should preface with that. It's, it's your host, Briar Rose, who's known to be, you know, a little bit not the best at anything. Well, I mean, I'm... Anyway. Um, where were we? But literally and metaphorically, a rusted burgundy pickup barreled itself down the road at breakneck speed. If my body had noticed even a millisecond later, I would have been washed away. Sure, it would have been a tragic and callous endeavor, but I'd still be gone just the same. There one second, gone the next. I thought about ten minutes after the incident almost took place. But at that moment, there are more emotions than I had experienced in the entire months. I noticed things that I never would have before, like the brisk nature of the air and the cold person I had become to those around me. I asked myself questions I had never thought about, such as, would anyone miss me? Do I know enough people for someone to even be capable of missing me? Did that really just happen? I panicked in the sudden realization that was brought upon me. Paling before the drunken lights of the midnight cityscape, I I fell to my knees, kneeling over in pure agony. Never had such a feeling grasped me in my entire life, much less the passing months that had grown banal since the start of my later shift. No longer did I know what to do. I was beside myself with grief. As if the truck really did hit me just moments ago. 
As if on cue, my phone jolted me back to the world of the living with the subtle hum of my back pocket. It was my parents. Not since I went on, on to pursue my internship at my current company had my parents contacted me, nor had I seen my family at that time. I hurriedly claimed the device from my back pocket, almost in tears as I realized that I could have died with not having talked to my parents in the past 18 months. Tears streamed down my face as I exclaimed to them what happened. No words were yet spoken from the other side of the device. Terrified and extremely humbled, the gleam had not reached my eyes since high school returned, shaking the core of my being with a cold burn I hadn't felt in years. The pain I felt began to subside as I noticed that no words were yet spoken from the blocky cell held within my grasp. A low croak erupted from the receiver, erasing any form of instability within my soul. The rain at this point, soaking the device in its languid aura, now belted down upon the landscape, taking away any hope of me leaving the area anytime soon. Amidst the chaos caused by the ever-hungry clouds, the phone made another sound. Within it, I heard the words Avenue in obscurity. I matched the receive to my... <laughs> I matched the receiver to my eardrum and asked for the speaker to repeat their message, but the line had already went dead silent. Bewildered and scared out of my mind, I began my pursuit back to my office. In hindsight, I do find it in poor taste that I would choose my work over my own abode, but I needed to be near someone right now. I needed help from someone that I could trust, someone who knew me on a personal level. This person would turn out to be the favor favored late night attendant at the front desk, Patty Russo, an associate of mine from, high, from my high school days that I frankly trusted with my life. The year was 1966, and Patty and I, being seniors ready to jump off at the freedom and opportunity that comes with adulthood, were quick to skip classes we didn't need. One day, Miss Hutchison, our English teacher caught us on our way out the door, leading to hours of detention that I would give my arm and leg to not have attended. I started up the rusted staircase that led to the only functioning bathroom in our school, not knowing that I would interrupt something so virulent and vicious. I, loud, I loudly rushed into the restroom, thinking that since Patty and I were two, were two of what was at most 10 students attending detention that day, the loo would be empty. What I walked in on was more than disturbing. What I later believed to be an old cult, a cult, sorry, <laughs> was currently crucifying a goat onto what could only be perceived as a portable shrine. I stared in shock and horror as the cultists turned towards me with hooded robes. Never had I felt so alone and surrounded. And never did the author, Briar Rose, think about why someone would be holding a cult meeting in a bathroom. Anyway... Never, the worshippers rushed towards me with rusted blades that were soon sure to run me ill. I darted out of the enclosed space and into the eerie halls that beckoned me with their freedom. As I ran, the steps began to get closer and closer, causing me to trip on my now untied laces. The finality of it all sunk in just as the narrow miss of the truck did, and caused me to panic and cry out in vain of myself. If it weren't for Patty calling out to me with the teacher and security behind her, I might as well have been six feet under. Strangely, though, I was pers I was being... Ah. <laughs> I need to stop making that noise whenever I forget what I'm supposed to say. Anyway, strangely, though, though I was being pursued, no assailants were seen trailing after me on that day. Me and Patty became especially close after that. 
thing is she would often criticize me for what was most likely a hallucination. I still hear their footsteps pursuing me in my dreams. Letting go of a breath I didn't know I was holding, I walked up to the desk with what was seen as a drunken stride, letting go of my formality and accepted my exhaustion. Clint, I heard exclaim from the front desk as I trampled to the ground and cleared a feet. I woke up around six hours later in a hospital bed down the street from my workplace. Assuming that Patty brought me here, I stood up from the heavily sanitized cloth and started towards the door. Upon opening the entryway, I noticed that though the time on the wall was approximately six hours after I remembered reaching Kathy's desk, it was still dark outside. The hospital was also dimly lit compared to bright white that covered most modern walls. In their stead was placed yellow bulbs, bulbs that clung onto what was probably a singular vault passing through them. The halls were as empty as the sound of my voice. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the halls were empty as the sound of my voice echoed throughout the facility. Hello? Hello? Anyone here? I bellowed as I made my short journey to the attendance desk near the elevators. My loud salutation was met with an even louder cacophonous screech that felt as if it tore my eardrums apart. I, being translucent and frail at the time, stumbled against the railing as I was nearly incapacitated. Reminiscent of a pious orchestra, the symphony of terror protracted throughout the next minute. Once my eardrums were relieved of the auditory nightmare, I almost doubled over in realization. That was an alarm. That was, and that's the end of our second story. Um, lots of lots of errors on my part, but well, not errors, fun. <laughs> we're gonna say for the sake of my podcast. Anyway, thank y'all for listening. Um, and I really hope that y'all enjoyed that story. It's supposed to take place in the 1970s with a lot of flashbacks to the 60s and 50s but um our main character clint was found to be basically in the midst of a lot of occult activities along with along with his friend patty russo who you know obviously obviously has some correlation to all of this tell me if you think these stories should be stretched out anyway um i hope you really enjoyed that thank you for listening and Have a good day, Briars.